I'm Gab. He's Jules. Uh, horrible, spitty oh, weather over West yeah. London, but doesn't matter because the Champions League is oh, back. Oh yes. Um, and we had another. We're, we're halfway through, Jules. If yeah. you can believe that. There's a lot to talk about. We'll be talking about Bellingham scoring again. What a shock! Newcastle losing at home. Um, Union Berlin nine defeats in a row. How about that? But let's start at the Parc de Princes yeah. again. Again. Because I think most people agree this is going to be the tightest um, Champions League group. Mm -hmm. I was curious to see how Milan would would approach this game. Yeah, they decided to approach it by playing this very high line. Yeah, and Paris Saint Germain said, "Ooh, you want to play a high line against us when we've got people who can pass the ball and we have Mbappe who can run and Dembele who can run." Please, go right ahead. And they win 3 now. Yes, because as you said, everybody in Paris, including me, I think including Luis Enrique and his staff and the players, expected Milan to have more of a median low block. So for the first 15 minutes, when we saw Milan pressing high, having... The element of out, surprise. Yes, and it kind of worked for 15 minutes. And then PSG adapted, and then Milan were completely lost, I think. We will come to Milan after and... There's clearly something not working there. there in, I don't know if it's in terms of efficiency all around the pitch, if it's collectively, individually, if Giroud is the guy, if Pulisic, all of that. But I just, I just thought that once PSG had worked out the high line and the press, and they started to feel more comfortable with Zaire Emery and Vitinha, Dembele, Kylian, etc., then maybe Pioli should have reverted back to, OK, we tried the high press, it kind of worked, but now... It's becoming dangerous, but instead he kept doing it and then they got punished for it. Um, one of the people who punished them, um, and I know you want to talk about, is Warren Zayer Emery, who, you know, you keep, I, I was watching the video the other night and you kept repeating, he's only 17 years old because <laughs> yeah. he does not look 17 in terms of the way he plays. Yeah. Um, it's a bit like Lamine Yamal. The dude does not look like a 16 year old. Yeah. Um, I was a little bit surprised. I know Luis Enrique has no issue with kids and stuff like that. But to kind of go and hand him the keys to the midfield the way he's done thus far is is pretty remarkable. And and I think it's fair that we talk about him, you know, as much as we talk about Mbappe and Dembele and, and Nicola Moani, Marquinhos and, and whatever else. Yeah, because he's become a key part in that team, one of the most important parts in that team. Already at the end of last season with Galtier, he got more minutes. You could see him. Montpellier scored a, a lovely goal and you could see his confidence was growing. And he was only like a time 16 by then last season. He's turning 18 next month in November, I think. And it's, you're right. I mean, the, the, the maturity physically is impressive, but he's always been like that. Even when he was 12, 14, he used to play a year up, two years up because he was always right. quite big and quite strong. But the football, the maturity in terms of football as well, is, is you can be tall and big at 17 and fast and not have the kind of football IQ that he has. But he was clearly very advanced always in his, in his, in his path to that first team. But now to do that at that level, it's still, and again, you could look at the Milan midfield of you know, Moussa, Reinders, uh, Krunic. It's not, this is not Xavi Busquets and Iniesta. I understand it. However... And Newcastle away in what was a disastrous night for PSG. He was the PSG's best player. I guess Dortmund, he was very good. And again, last night. Is there a Bellingham parallel? Obviously, I'm not. But Bellingham is a freak of nature, yeah. right? But is there a little bit of the Bellingham in him in terms of the type of player he can become? Yeah, and the maturity, certainly. I mean, Jude looked, never really looked like a 17-year-old. He looked like a 25-year-old at 17. And I think Warren very much looks like a 25-year-old now when he's 17. Um, 
I want to touch upon the fact that uh, it, it was interesting because the reaction from Pioli after the game was quite positive, you know, right? No. Yeah, he said we have to continue attacking. We we he he pushed back on people who suggested that um, you know they they should not have been so aggressive with their high line and Christian Pulisic. It was interesting because he came out and said that was not a three 0 game. He thought the game was much closer. Um, and I like the fact he took ownership. There was that, that play where, where, where he it was a mistake defensively by, um, I forget, I forget who, yeah. but yeah. So he, he breaks through. He has a clear run at Donnarumma. Yeah. You know, you expect him to take yeah, on. Really. And instead, he puts this diagonal pass for Giroud, which is, which is too far for Giroud anyway. Yeah. And, and so Giroud still finished, but, you know, wasn't going to finish. I like that about him. I like the yeah. taking ownership of the mistake so publicly. Yeah, and I think he w- hopefully he learns from it because it was clearly the wrong decision that he made. And at that time, the 2 nil down, if you come back at 2-1 with 25 minutes to go, so it might be a completely different game too. So it's a bit of a shame. And I thought he did, he did well. The, the pass from Leao when Donnarumma made the save at the near post, that comes from Pulisic too. But still, in the end, there was just not enough, I think, quality for Milan in the last third of the page. Their XG is 0.6. It's five games in a row, Gab, in the Champions League where they don't score. Yeah, uh, going back to last season, yeah. of course. All right, Jules, I want to stick with Paris Saint-Germain for, for a minute, because, and, and specifically, Luis Enrique. Um, I'm going to go back to my, one of my favorite quotes in football from, from Franco Baldini, who was a sporting director in Rome, who said, he is the man any good man would want to be, but are too scared to be, in the sense <laughs> that he does not care. He has no. his ideas, he has an yeah. idea, he... He he sticks with it. He embraces life in his own way. Yeah. Um, doesn't necessarily mean he's always going to be a successful manager, um, because sometimes things come and change. And I think a lot of people really struggle to to predict what he's going to do. You know, people talk about overthinking yeah. um, with with some managers. Um, I don't know if it's overthinking or if it's just thinking. And his mind goes to strange places. So for this reason, I thought. You were not a good fit for Paris Saint-Germain because you need to get for for Lucha, uh, for, for Lucha to work. He needs to go and get buy-in from stars to go and do mm. things that maybe aren't always obvious. Sometimes are counterintuitive, um, and so far the start in Ligue 1 hasn't been hasn't been great. Paris no. Saint-Germain are third. A few hiccups, yeah. Um, and I was surprised, and when we saw you were very critical of, of the the four two four or four two two two, the Leipzig esque version, um, and they played that at the weekend, and I saw aha. So now we're foreshadowing what they might do at home against yeah. uh, against Milan. But instead, they didn't do that. Gonzalo Ramos was on the bench. It was three midfielders, yeah. and Mbappe coming in um, from from the wing. Yeah. It was much more, much more traditional, if you want to say. Yeah. I, do you think he's added saying like, "Hey, guys, I don't need to be, you know, Mister Tactical Fancy Pants every game. Sometimes I can just kind of let my players do a lot of what comes naturally to them." Yeah, and to be fair, to your point, the four-two-four and the, this four-three-three out of possession four-four-two in with the ball when Vitinha comes a bit wider. Are the two systems that he's been used he's been using so far, and Newcastle clearly, and I didn't want to be too harsh on him, but he made a mistake, and it's maybe not so much that it was the wrong tactics at the beginning; is that he stuck 
But like you said, this is that's him. But that he stuck with that four-two-four all the way through that game, where clearly there might have been something else to do. But it anyway, worked it well against Strasbourg. Yeah, but, exactly. <laughs> okay. uh, but, but but I mean, we were not sure in this game if he would go again the four-two-four, which showed the limits only in the Champions League, or revert to that other system they'd been using that they'd been working on. Because that's the other thing that I like about him. He's a he's a workaholic, really. He, the work ethic is something else, and you can already see in the what we see on the page, the patterns of plays, what he's implementing to this team, the identity of this team already. And and I like the fact that Dembélé is, is fighting and counter pressing and trying to get the ball back. Same with Kolomani. Kylian is a little bit different. We've said that before. He's a bit exempt of those kind of things, but. Like Lucho said again yesterday, like he did, he said that after the Dortmund game, which was again very positive performance, they play as a team. And I think all he wants, you could give him any players you want, Messi and Neymar and Cristiano, I don't know, whoever, Kylian, blah, blah, blah. As long as he can make those individuals playing as a team, which Galtier never did, which Tuchel did to a certain extent quite well, but others have struggled to just not have 11 players on the pitch, but have actually a team of 11. And now you, you see that a bit more, which is very encouraging, I think. How far can they go? It's hard. They're, they're still, I think, below Man City, of course, and probably Real Madrid and all of that. But there's a lot of good things in what they do. Even when they struggle a bit, like against Milan, when Milan start the game well on the front foot, they find a way, and whether it's individually with Zaire Emery or Mbappé or Dembele, or collectively as a whole, they, they find the solutions. And I think that comes from him as well. What's missing? If you could, if if you could instantly open a magic box and be like, "Aha! Here's an ingredient that's missing." To, I'm not saying put Paris Saint Germain on City's level, but yeah. bring them closer to City. Like, what what is the one need that you see, or the one potential flaw in this machine? It's a good question, Gabby. It can Donnarumma. We knew the Champions League, like Courtois did for Real Madrid, for example. When he won the Euro. So let's not question Donnarumma. No, but you see what I mean. Expected. No, no, no. But like, I'm not sure. All right, I'll give you one. I am sure. Go on. Well, I mean, obviously, there's, there's different things. I've, I, these are the things I had thought of. One is up front, I find Colomani and Ramos are very, very different players. Yeah. And so, necessarily, if one of them isn't available, is in or out, you're going to have to make an adjustment, which is normally fine, but you've got Mbappe in the front three who's not really going to adjust. The other thing I would question in the midfield, and I always said experience is overrated and whatever. As good as Ugarte has been so far, mm-hmm. and obviously we just raved about Zaire Emery, but yeah. you know he, he's still only he's still only seventeen. Yeah. Vicini, I'm not a Vicini yeah. guy. Fabian Ruiz is a guy who's been kind of in and out, whatever. I thought so. I, I really liked Salah a few years ago, but then I don't know what kind of player he is now. I put all these things together, yeah, and I wonder sure. could that be where they lose it? Not so much mm-hmm. in terms of application, but maybe in terms of quality maybe yeah. in terms of experience i mean yeah. that maybe is a weak point maybe depth at the back could could they use more depth i'm not a yeah, big screen I mean, is going to come back and who's coming back sorry kim, kim Pembe. Pembe. yeah but, no, no, i'm sorry if you, like, every few well. months we say kim Pembe no, no, is coming no, back like, it's like waiting for godot yeah, but if nuno mendes comes back a left back and you can push lucas Hernandez in in, in as as center back as an option at the back yeah so you've got the depth I only started by Donnarumma before you felt uh, okay. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to Donnarumma was no, part of the problem. Only because I was going to go line by line. Ah, okay, but okay. I agree with you 100%. Certainly right. in midfield. I, just, I don't think you can win the Champions League.
Burnley with Vitinha, Zaire Emery and, and Ugarte as much as I would love to. Not, certainly not this season. Maybe right. in two years if they grow all together because they all, all three yeah. of them are quite young. And if, I think if you give Lucho some time, he can maybe make them a potential Champions League winning midfield, maybe. But yeah, you're right. That's probably in midfield where even the lack of creativity at times. Okay, I guess Milan or Dortmund, you didn't see so much. Newcastle was a write-off. But there's been games where it was screaming out for a variety or someone like that. Someone who yeah. could just, in tight spaces, could yeah. come and do something. The creativity has to come from Hakimi, basically. A, a it, lot of it, the time. From deep. From deep if you're yeah. playing somebody yeah. who's parking exactly. the bus. Exactly, exactly. Or Kangin Lee, who came on and did really well, scored that goal, who I think could be potentially. But again, he's a young player. He's not, he's not a Champions League winner type of player right now. Do you think I'm not sold on defensively? You make a good point. Maybe Nuno Mendes comes back and Lucas Hernandez can move in the middle. But then... That's not a very big central defensive partnership, Lucas no, Hernandez and Marquinhos. No, Skriniar is your biggest base. Slow, man. Skriniar, you know, is... I, I, I was surprised. Skriniar, to me, felt like a signing that Paris Saint-Germain would have made in the Leonardo days. Yeah, but, but Skriniar against Giroud yesterday, perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah. Skriniar against Isak, or a fast, mobile, skillful striker. It's, it's not. Let's go back to this, because as you pointed out, Milan... Zero goals in the Champions League over yeah. the last five games. Zero goals this time around. Um, and yet, this is a very attacking t- side that, you know, certainly created... They created a ton of chances against Newcastle. They yeah. created more than enough chances against Dortmund. They certainly created chances last night yeah. as well. Um, it was interesting because we touched upon it. Calabria coming out after the game saying... Not saying that we were naive, but... He didn't seem too happy with the high line. I yeah. mean, of course, coming on um, as, a, as a substitute at, at, at halftime. On the other hand, and then Pioli rebuked him kind of straight away, almost in real time. He says, no, 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 this is the way we have to play. We have to attack, we have to press, we have to take the game to the opposition. I have to say, I don't think it's a secret to say to when I reveal that Milan, Milan's owners, especially the previous owners, are big believer in in analytics that they've got people yeah. there who are big believers who were big admirers of kind of the Red Bull school the yeah. press taking chances attacking football to win youth blah 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 all this stuff um, it's almost as if Pioli has become more of a believer yeah, yeah. than they have in it um, is it just a question you think of, of staying patient and saying because you said why didn't he change his tactics well this is the reason why he didn't change his tactics because he believes this yeah, is the way yeah, to do it and we've enough. seen We've seen coaches, we've seen German coaches, Germanic coaches kind of do this and, and go down with a shit yeah. or, or sometimes win. Yeah, I think it's a very interesting one. I, I, there's a lot of players missing. So you can mention Luftestig and Benasser and, and many others, which I think... And I think also maybe the attacking options off the bench, Okafor, Chukweze, yeah. who yeah. would have been different. Especially, yeah, because then I think yesterday you were left with... Luka Jovic maybe on the bench, yeah. and that's pretty much that's it. That's exciting, yeah? yeah. Exactly. So if you put Okafor, Chukwese, Loftus-Cheek, and Benasser as options, this team is better, I think. Whether they start or not, this is still a better squad. And maybe maybe that tactic with them is different. You know I'm not a big fan of, of Krunic. I've said that before. I don't think you can win games at that level with him in your midfield. Rinders is still learning, he's still young, and Musa is the same. You Reinders know. had a bad game, but he's a great, he's a very good player. Yeah, he should be. But amazing. again, a bit like the PSG midfield three, you yeah. need a bit of time with those three, 
well, especially Reinders and, and Musa, for them to grow and to become those kind of Champions right. League dominating midfielders. So I'm I'm not sure Giroud is made for the for the high press and the heavy press. I'm not sure a player like Malik Cho, who got booked after four minutes yesterday. So imagine starting a game with that tact, that plan of <laughs> let's go high line, let's go aggressive, and then one of your centre backs gets right. booked after four minutes, four days after being sent off against exactly. Juve. <laughs> you think that might play on his mind a little bit? You yeah. know, so I, I can see what Pioli was trying to do and I, and I like the fact that he owned it, even if Calabria and maybe others disagreed. But I think at times, even if that's your idea and that's the identity you want to develop, maybe you have to be a bit smarter, like Calabria said. And what do you make of... Rafael Leo, because I think this is a game where maybe he put a lot of pressure on himself. I think PSG, when or if Kylian goes, would see him as a perfect replacement. Luis Campos knows him really well. He's like a father figure to him, blah, blah, blah. Did he put a lot of pressure on himself to try to do his own? Because sure. that's what it looked like, certainly in the first half. Look, I, I think football's a team sport, but it's individuals that can resolve games. It's, it's, it's the nature. It's, it's, it's at once, it's a collective endeavor, and at once, it's an individual yeah. endeavor. Milan have three players who can change the game on their own regularly, right? And one is Magic Mike, and all right, well, what's he going to do? He's in goal, right? One is Teo Hernandez, and the other one is Rafael Leal. Teo Hernandez was terrible last yeah, night. Yeah, terrible. A really, really bad game. In games like these against better opponents, Milan need these guys to perform. Leal, I think, tries to do a lot. Um, I think, weirdly... You don't want to say, Rafa, don't try this. Rafa, you know, operate within the system. You know, the way you might go and tell Pulisic, right, yeah. to do that. Um, it's a tough one. I mean, Eric Osaki came out recently and said, oh, well, if Rafa Leao was, was on my Milan team, um, he wouldn't be starting. Um, Interesting. Now. It doesn't suffer Portugal most of the time either, for example. Right. Well, that Milan team had Jole and Van Basten, yeah. to be fair. But... Uh, he said, because I believe in the, in, the, in the collective pressing system, blah, 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 and all this stuff. I don't know. I think, I think if you look at some of the best teams that we've seen in recent years, from Liverpool to Manchester City, they managed to somehow combine the whole collective effort with the fact that, oh, look, there goes Doku one-on-one. Yeah. Or, or or there's Holland, yeah. you know, steamrolling. Uh, or there's De Bruyne inventing something. It's really difficult to do to get the balance between the two. I think Leao can still get there. Yeah. In a game like this, Leao, I think, felt the responsibility of this contract and whatever. And that's fine. And that, that's what I want. I want. I don't want somebody who hides. So I'm not yeah. going to blame Leao. I mean, sure, there were things he could have done better. But for me... Leal is not Milan's problem. Leal needs to start every game, and and you need to give him that that bit of license to invent the freedom. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, enough Milan. How about some quick hits instead? Yes, go, God. Real Madrid win 2-1 away to Braga. Jules, no prizes for guessing who scored their <laughs> second goal. How are they looking ahead of the Classico? Yeah, another Jude Bellingham goal. I mean, such a lovely finish. It makes it look so easy, to be fair. Vinny was on good form. It was only Braga, but at time, they kind of caused them a bit of problem. They scored a lovely team goal, Braga, to come back at 2-1. Uh, you always felt that... Madrid were playing maybe 50% in second gear, all of that. So I, I think they look, I think they look good. They certainly don't have as many injuries that Barcelona have. And when Jude Bellingham is in that kind of form, even if that doesn't really suit Rodrigo and Vini, although they were good in Portugal on Tuesday night, um, it's still, I think it was still a decent performance to get in three wins in three in the league in that in in the lead in that group, and now you can focus to. To Barca. They won't put ahead of Barcelona. Inevitably, the Classicos better wear their minds. Yeah, yeah. For Inevitably. Sure. For sure. And speaking of the Classico, how about Barcelona? Gabi, they got late scare against Shakhtar after being 2-0 up. Yeah, so, look, I'm giving Xavi a permanent pass at this stage. Because, because of injuries? When, what? Because of injuries, yeah. yeah. When, when, when I look to, first of all, the lineup, and I see Marcos Alonso. I know he used to run down the wing for me, but come on, man. Like I, I'm assuming Bade was on the bench because he his was. leg would have fallen off yeah, if because he he's played so many minutes. Um, Fermin Lopez plays in midfield. How yeah. about that? And and scores a tremendous goal, by the run, way. Run from deep. Um, yeah, tremendous goal. Uh, by the way, on the Ferran Torres one, it was really sweet. Did you? Uh, here's a memo to Ferran Torres. If you're going to put a message on your shirt, I know. I, do it in such a way, I don't know, use like white ink if the shirt, because it, a lot of people said, oh, it's something about his grandmother yeah. passed away. Very, very yeah, sweet. Yeah, we saw but, Abuela, but it was but, a, a dark red with the dark, you could hardly see it. I was like, yeah, he needs a little bit of help with arts and crafts. But you know as well about the injuries, that the, uh, the, the directors of the game, like sh- filming the game, kept showing the stands where you could see Rafinha and Pedri and the young and Lewandowski I, and all <laughs> Kept reminding everybody, like, look, this is a team. Oh, but look, everybody's missing there. They're all there watching in the stands. I mean, honestly, I was I was looking at who was on the bench, right? And other than the, the Zimbalde and Christensen, Inigo Martinez played. Or, you know, I'm not a big Christensen guy. No. Uh, you had Giu, who's who's 17, and then you had a bunch of guys. You had like From two Masia, two random yeah. keepers, and you had you know these guys had never heard of Kubarsi, Garrido. Oh, so Kubarsi is the the biggest jewel of that. Okay, you're very excited about Kubarsi. Yeah, I believe he's played as many minutes Amazing. in Barcelona's first team as I have. Yeah, and and Fort, who of course is the former director of marketing at Coca-Cola, who we interviewed on Gabba Jules. No, I'm kidding. But I, yeah. What he's doing in those conditions? Yeah, I have twelve first-team players really available. Also, isn't I, I thought of Fermin Lopez as a as a forward, and now I find them operating much deeper in this game, yeah. so they're flexible too. Yeah, yeah, they are flexible. They don't actually take the lead until minute sixty-seven, but Pep Guardiola is delighted with Manchester City's three-one win over Young Boys Burn. He says this is some of the best football they've played all season. Does this make sense to you, or is this like Pep saying weird things after games he's won? A little bit of like you know Pep talk. <laughs> like picking this up in a way. However, 
I thought they were very good on a plastic pitch. We, we don't have to say every time, but on a plastic pitch, which should never happen in the Champions League or in any really serious football. At this level, certainly, uh, they created a ton of chances. They could have scored eight or nine goals easily. They missed a few. Erling Haaland scored a lovely goal on his weaker foot, top corner too. So there was a lot of positive despite being... You keep calling it his weaker foot. I just call it his not preferred foot. Not preferred if you want to. And the young boys scored a lovely goal to make it 1-1. But even then, Elia with a lovely lob, uh, even then you knew that City would come back and, and score more and win. So I can see why he was happy. You know, I, I, I get him being happy. Just weird that like you suddenly you go and you big this up as if it was some kind yeah, of true. tremendous performance. Yeah, he has a tendency true. to do that. Borussia Dortmund win away to Newcastle 1-0. Gab, they're alive and well in this group. But is, a miss, is this a missed opportunity for Newcastle and Eddie Howe? Well, they're alive. I don't know how well they are. Um, Definitely great. In terms of performance, I think they've put together several really good performances in a row, counting the Bundesliga um, as well. I thought this was their first really solid performance yeah. uh, in the Champions League. Um, I think Newcastle, whatever plan Eddie Howe had, went off the boil when Isak came off after 15 minutes and yeah. Callum Wilson came on. Um, they still could have snatched a point late. They hit the crossbar they twice. Could, they hit the crossbar twice. We saw Eddie Pope or, or Nick Pope even uh, come up for uh, uh, come up for a corner. But I thought Dortmund looked in control, and yeah. I was I was disappointed in the in in Newcastle's game plan. Yeah, it was almost as if like they we seem to almost underestimate Borussia Dortmund and yeah. the quality that some of these players have. And you know, all right, sure they lost Sean before halftime, and they're probably weren't sure who Nemecha was. Um, it hasn't been great this season. No. But they have a lot of individuals who can who can hurt you. Selling a little or a lot? <coughs> Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow Grow with Shopify. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/gabjewels. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/gabjewels now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com/gabjewels. Andre Onana makes a late, late, late save to preserve a 1-0 win for Manchester United over Copenhagen. Jules, other than the result, any positives for Aaron Ten Hag to take away? Aaron Ten Hag even. Yeah, I mean, the only positive, I guess, is for Onana himself. That penalty surely should boost him. He's had a difficult start of the of the season of his United career overall. So to, out, you know, to, to be the hero like that, let's hope that that's a turning point for him in his season and then we will see the real Onana from now on. But for the rest... That was a terrible performance. Terrible. Copenhagen didn't deserve to lose that game at all. Craig Burley on the FC show after that we did together made a good point, I think, saying that why was Jordan Larson taking that penalty considering he's hardly been on the pitch, hardly touched the ball, I think, maybe twice before. And then you give him the ball there to take well, that penalty. His dad was one of the greatest ever goal scorers I in know, European football. Like, so, you yeah. know, my dad was the greatest player you know, in, 
east of Paris, but it doesn't mean that. But he was a doctor. He is now, but when he was playing, right. That's that's all. But yeah. was he really the greatest player of the east side of? Paris? He was really good, apparently. Really? So he says. He took two, <laughs> both feet he said he had, which I don't believe. Um, but yeah, that's, I don't know where you stand on the performance, but they can win playing badly. They've done most of the season. Well, like they did against Sheffield United. Yeah, they found Wolves, a way to win. Or, Brentf- or Forest, Brentford, all of that. But I was worried about the performance. By the way, McTominay again? Yeah. Like, honestly, like whenever people say, like, oh, he scores a nice goal, like, let's have him start. Like, this is why yeah. I don't think. Keep I mean, him as a super sub, I think. Sticking with United, there are plenty of reports out there suggesting a shock return for David De Gea, given Andre Onana's African Cup of Nations commitment between that, you know, the 14th of January to the 14th of February or something like that. Do you, do you like this idea? Do you think it's a good idea? No, it's a stupid idea. I mean, unless... <laughs> unless no, it's, it's stupid. You, you've made a decision, right? So unless De Gea wants to take that massive pay cut that you offered him, but why? Why, come, why bring this guy in if... You don't think because of the playing out from the back, which he doesn't do well, yeah. if that's one of the main reasons why you only offered him so much, if he comes in, he won't have played for six months. Yeah. Um, it makes no sense to me. They got the guy behind you. I don't know if he's any good. Find <laughs> out if know. he can play. You still have Tom Heaton. Um, besides, you knew ahead of time Cameroon were likely to qualify for the Africa Cup of Nations. Yeah, for four years we've known. So, you know, um, I presume you have a plan. Stick with it. Bayern went away to Galatasaray 3-1. Jules to 3 for 3 and Thomas Tuchel can now concentrate on the league. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we talked about how underwhelming United were. I mean, Bayern were underwhelming for most of that game as well. And in the end, they win 3-1 because they've got so much quality and talent. Musiala, Kane, Coman, Sané. But collectively, Galatasaray were all over them. They were so good, especially for the first hour. Also, they missed so many chances. And against Bayern, if you don't bury them almost, you know they can always come back. And that's exactly what they did. But I felt a bit for Galatasaray. That's right. It's a good win for Bayern. It's 3-3. Three and three. You're right. In the league, they've got a lot of work to do too. But I felt for Gala because I thought they played really well. They played really well. And what about Maurito's penalty? Come on, man. He missed a penalty United in the previous yeah, match. He doesn't two. care. He doesn't care. This time it's just like, whoa, so sweet. So sweet. Big win for Arsenal at the Sanchez Pierce one. Gab, are you still going to question Gabriel Jesus now? Come on. I am going to question him as a center forward. Ah, but that no, turn but on the first goal is. When he does that, what, yeah, you said the, the turn on the first goal, the the the, the, the timing as well, because obviously, yeah, Martinelli runs through the middle. We still got to get the, the the timing right. Um, the second goal again, tremendous finish. It's not something a center forward does, so it's something a good winger does, which is what Gabriel Jesus to me yeah. really is. Um, but no, he played really. But more importantly, Arsenal played well. He said. I don't think Arsenal played well at all at Chelsea. I know some people uh, argued, oh, the fight back, blah, blah, blah. No, but they came back. They made a statement. He's, we've, he stuck with Jorginho also because, I guess, Partey picked up an injury. I saw yeah. he delivered. Um, I thought Sevilla played well. I thought they um, they were really, really tough out. Pushed for the equalizer towards the end. Had a couple chances. I liked seeing Ramos do a Superman act. But um, a big win, an impressive performance, yeah, I think, for Atleta. I agree. How about more love for La Real and Bryce uh, Mendes, Jules? Uh, Big win away to Benfica, who have lost every game thus far and failed to score. Yeah, really worrying from Benfica. Point of view, quarter finalist last season, uh, and it's really struggling this season. And for La Real, we said we've said many times what an amazing work Imanol has, has been doing there. How well they play, all those talented left-footed players from Oyarzabal. Yeah, to they almost Kubo. seem more suited to the Champions League than they do for La Liga. 
to be honest. Yeah, like, true. They've been phenomenal. They've been phenomenal. Games. The only two games they've lost this season is Atletico Madrid away and Real Madrid away. Yeah. That's it. And at Real Madrid away, they took the lead too. So really, really well done to them. Napoli are in good shape too, Gab, because they also have three wins in three. And Jack Raspadori gave them the three points away at Union Berlin, who have now lost nine in a row in all competitions. Uh, yes. So, well, on the Union Berlin piece, I'm just going to say this. I wrote a column about it. Yeah. Read it. Um, I don't think there's ever been a Champions League. I haven't checked, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say no Champions League team in history has ever lost nine Tottenham, games in a row. The in season they went to the final. They, they lost zero. nine defeats in a row. Sorry, sorry. I thought you were in all comments. Yeah, no, I didn't think so. So, um, but it's it's an amazing story. Napoli, look, I think this is more breathing room for Rudy Garcia. He can get to work. Um, I thought the the other guys stepped up, which is which is what we you know he's missing Zambongisa, which is a big loss in terms of physicality yeah. in the middle of the park. But um, but but I, I think he's churning out the results, and that's what he needs now. Celtic and Atletico Madrid battled to a 2-2 draw parquet. Jules, this one was old school and got a bit tasty at the yeah. end, as you like to say up there. And there was all that build-up about, obviously, Atletico Madrid wore a shirt in, in tribute, let's put it that way, to the 1974 semi-final that they played in the European Cup at the time against Celtic, where they won't qualify for the final, but they won by kicking the hell out of the Celtic I think jocks 11 players cup books everybody got a yellow card they had three sending off three red cards and everybody had a yellow so there was a bit of like that tension before and Celtic played so well Brendan Rodgers can be really proud of his players in the end it's only a draw for them for Atletico Madrid they lost Rodrigo De Porto who was sent off uh, for two yellow cards and I think that was the right call but for Celtic you must have a bit of regret because you played so well and yet it was still not enough to be, um, the Celtic deserve more? I think so. I think so too. I think so too. Inter get it done against Salzburg with our old pal Alexis Sanchez scoring the opener at 34 years old. Gab, a contrast in styles. Yes, because Salzburg have all these little young guys running around and playing at a million miles an hour. But you know what? Um, there's something to be said for uh, pragmatism. There's something yeah. to be said for having old heads. Inter can play different ways as well. Um and and I thought Inter deserved it. I thought they were in control. Yeah, um, and by the way, shout out this this Oscar Gluck guy. Yeah, um, amazing. Finish. He looks like a player and a half. Yeah, he was very good with Israel at the uh, Euros at the nineteen. Before somebody comes out and says, "Oh, look, the Academy of Salzburg," we have a question on no. this later. Let's be clear on this. What they do is they do a great job of scouting and yeah. and hoovering up sixteen-year-olds. Uh, the most talented 16-year-olds around and putting them in Salzburg where they play a bunch of Muppets every week and inflate their <laughs> statistics and stuff like that. And look, it works really, really well yeah, for them. Yeah, that But is it's great. not like it's like, oh, look, we've, it's not like Oscar Gluck <laughs> is, is from the Prater district in Vienna no, and they've, they've raised him locally. Yeah, he no. isn't, but he's got a great future ahead of him. He does. Leipzig, roll all over, Red Star Belgrade 3-1, but Jules, I'm still swooning over oh. the Xavi Simons. I bet you're excited he's a PSG player. Absolutely, Gab. He's one of ours. He's on loan with no obligation, no, no option to buy. So when you start when Mbappe leaves in the summer, there you go. Yeah, or that creativity we were mentioning, even from a bit deeper, maybe for him, amazing goal. He's having an amazing season so far. So well done. Feyenoord and Arne Slot beat up Lazio 3 1. Gab, is he the best bold Dutch manager? Out there right now? Uh, by a million bazillion miles. Uh, Lazio were That's absolutely... So, so Lazio were terrible in this game. And I, and I, I, sorry, I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking about Lazio because Amelie Sosada, you built a certain type of reputation for playing a certain way, right? Yeah. Um, and I thought, oh, this is great. This is going to be an open game, uh, pressing, possession, quality, Luis Alberto. This is going to be exciting. 
Instead, Feyenoord, I saw, absolutely played them they destroyed off the them. park. Um, and honestly, uh, the Santi Jimenez um, up front. Yeah, that's a player and a half. Wow. That that goal uh, that he scored, the way the, 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 the way he turned, he's got everything. I, I am wondering, are Feyenoord the best team outside the big five leagues? Hundred percent. You think so? You yeah. put them ahead of Porto and yeah. All the, the Portuguese team, the Belgian teams ahead of PSV, who are ahead of them in the league yeah, at the moment. But they shouldn't be. Yeah, so no. Keep an eye out. Arne Slot, there's a reason everybody wanted you. I'm glad you stayed. L.E.Y. scores a phenomenal goal. Oh, yes. But Lons are held at home by PSV Eindhoven. Big, big missed opportunity for your buddy, Joseph Ugurian, Jules. Uh, or Joseph. Yes, it is. I mean, Joey. Missed, missed opportunity. I mean, PSV are a good team. And suddenly they played not like a Peter Bosch team. On Tuesday night, which I was surprised. I expected which, them. Who, 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 by the way, is part of our selection of Dutch bald managers. Exactly. Right? exactly. But I don't think he's in the. Peter Bosch isn't in the top 10. Definitely so, not. No. Definitely not. Uh, and for the third time in a row, and for the third time in this competition, Lars go behind, but they come back again. They did it at Sevilla, they did it at home against Arsenal and won the game, and they did it again on Tuesday. It was only a draw, but you're right. The LEY kind of ninja volley was just brilliant Paris born and bred of course anyway uh, a good group because they've got five points they're still they're still right there they, they had two of their three games at home so obviously they would have two away games in the second half of the, the group stage but still very positive I feel better if they had seven points I know but still Portugal go down away at Antwerp but then storm back to win 4-1 as Evan Nielsen comes off the bench to score a hat-trick yeah, it took him a while to get going, yeah. and it's been uh, obviously. Sir, I, I really fought for Sergio. I, I love seeing him give that give that that, that team yeah, talk to, to his was... players. He's had a lot of ups and downs. I don't think this team. You're so used to Porto, just kind of like I mean, like well, just be sort of this, this assembly line of, of of players, but they've lost a lot of players. Otavio mm-hmm. as well. You know, nobody talks about him. Now they talk about yeah. him even less because he went to Saudi Arabia. Um, but how about Evan Nielsen? Now. Wow. So he came on towards the end of the first half when, when, when Wendell uh, had to come off. And he scores a hat-trick. And two of those three goals, I think, are pretty exceptional. So good. This is a guy, yeah, but he's 24 years old. Especially. He scored two goals all season. Yeah. He's in and out of the lineup. Nobody gets excited over Evan Nielsen. And then he has a game like this. It's the first Porto player to score a hat-trick in the Champions League since Brahimi in 2014. So it's just, not even for Porto, it happens every day. You know, it's remarkable. Tremendous. Nice defender Youssef Atal has been banned for seven games by the French League for sharing a post on the Israel-Hamas conflict. He has apologized, but he's also been investigated by the public prosecutor's office in Nice, who are deciding whether it's an incitement to terrorism. Yeah, the post was saying that... Um he was, I mean, the post said that the hope was for God to inflict a day of terror on the Jews or to kill all the Jews. And he, it wasn't like him writing it. To, no, he, he was sharing it. I think it was a speech by somebody. Yeah, and then he said that he didn't read the whole post before reposting it, all that kind of stuff. It's not the first time either for him. He was very apologetic, uh, very quickly too. But seven games, it's, it's a heavy ban and I think he's deserved I actually said it could be more because of the uh, the prosecutor office in Nice, who didn't really take this in the right way at so all. So this is a crime. Maybe, like, all right, I don't want to. I think you would. I don't want to get fined. I don't think I, he would go to jail or anything like that. I, I don't have an issue. I mean, when it comes to free speech, I'm much more of an absolutist. I don't have an issue if you sign a contract and it's your club or or if it's the league that bans you. I'm not sure why law enforcement. It's a public I, figure, I guess. And uh, maybe. I mean, I, there was 
you could see that is him spreading hate around yeah. no, no, for someone enough, who's heavily I, followed. You know, if that's what the law says, that's what the yeah. law says. Restart Belgrade coach Barak Bakha gave an emotional speech about the horrors of the October 7 attack on Israel by Hamas and urged the world of football to do more. Gab, what do you make of this? And should he be investigated then for bringing politics into football? I think that's the question that UEFA are going to are going to have to to, to decide because there is a clear divide. Um, you know, he's there to give a press conference ahead of a football match, and he starts talking about a world event. That said, and I would say the exact same thing, if uh, a, a Palestinian or somebody who had been touched as directly uh, by what is going on in Gaza had come out with this, as a human being, yeah, I was touched by what he said. In the same way, like I said, that, just to be very, very clear, the other side, I don't... I. I, on a human level, you have to be horrified by by death here. And if you don't understand that, if you don't understand that Barak Bakar is a human being first, then you don't really understand it. So I know what the rules say. Yeah. I know what the laws say. Um, I hope UEFA won't feel like, oh, no, we have to punish him because then we set a precedent. Because... If somebody else who is as and I think look the discriminant here is you have to be directly touched by it in in the same way that that, that he was right. There's a lot of people around the world who maybe aren't as directly touched, but you know on a human level, I find it very very difficult to go and say if you're suffering, if you are Palestinian or Israeli, if you have experienced this horror directly and it's touched your land, your people, relatives, whatever, that you can't come out and emote like this. I think something yeah. is a little wrong there. In terms of him saying world of football should do more, this is where I tend to disagree a little bit. Other than experience, other than um, coming out and, and expressing some level of solidarity and some desire for peace and for, 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 for as few lives to be lost as possible, I don't think the world of football. I don't look. No, if the United no, Nations can't solve this issue, I certainly don't think Alexander Sheffrin and Johnny Infantino are going to come in and resolve this issue. Yeah. This was way back on Monday, but we needed to give them some love. Tottenham Hotspur beat ah. Fulham 2-0 to stay top of the Premier League. Jules, the big Ange bandwagon rolls on. Do you think people are taking them seriously enough? It's a good question, Gab. I mean, it was a typical Ange Spurs performance where they attacked a lot. They created chances. They scored good goals. They conceded. Then they gave away chances too. And Fulham, on another day, could have scored one at least. Vicario made some good saves. And it was great to watch. It was really good. And it must be really fun to play, by the way, uh, especially when you only have one game a week. I, don't, I think you're right. I don't think people take them enough, seriously enough in this country, certainly. I don't think they're seen as potential title contenders, but they should be because, again, unlike Liverpool or City or Arsenal or the others, they only play once a week. Yes. They have a whole week to prepare. They don't have the, this heavy schedule of traveling, of playing every three days, of recovering, not, not being able to train. They train, they prepare, they look sharp, they look fit. And, and I think it's especially important for them to have this time, to have Postacoglu have this time to go and work with the players. Because if you play this brand of attacking football and you don't really work on your movements uh, and your patterns of play and, and things like that, people are going to pass the ball through you, yeah, right? Yeah. Especially if you don't have yeah. this overriding exactly. quality that Manchester City have. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think they definitely should be taken definitely. seriously. It doesn't mean they're going to win the title or even finish top four, but you have to take them seriously right now. And if Daniel Levy is clever, which he is, go out in January, you don't have to spend $100 million. Don't tell Daniel Levy to spend. He doesn't like that. I know, but You're still, upsetting him. You're going to lose Bissouma and Saar. 
to the African Cup of Nations. Go and just strengthen a little bit, even if you've just a bit of depth. Give Ange even more support, and you could have a really nice surprise at the end of the season. Do they need a, back, a backup goalkeeper? Shugo is there. Shugo, like... Does he want to stay there? Like, does he want to play? Does he... Yeah, I, I expect him to leave in January, and if that's the case, then go and... I mean, you've got Fred, big Freddie Foster, so... Why doesn't Hugo go to Manchester United? Well, he can't go now, obviously. But... Why? Well, no, not now, because yeah, it's, no, it's no, October, no. when the we're in January. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why doesn't Hugo... Wouldn't Hugo to Manchester United on loan for, for six, six months, months make more sense... To fill in for Nana and maybe something happens, maybe, whatever. Yeah, I like Wouldn't that idea. make more sense? I like this idea. There a lot. you go, John Murta. You listening? Yeah, Dan Fletcher. Yeah, dude, make you it know, happen. You know, Everton will find out the outcome of the investigation into the alleged breach of financial sustainability rules by the Premier League and confirm reports at the moment. Gab said that they face a 12-point ban that would come into effect immediately. Does this sound fair to you? And why is this Everton resolved so quickly and we're still waiting on the City one? Well, maybe because Everton is one charge and the City is 115 charges to start and far more Okay, so it's 12 points for one charge. So are City going to get 113 times 12 points as well? 115 times 12. And I'm disappointed that you can't do that in your head, Jules. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, because that's not how it works. Now, first of all, on Everton, we should say uh, condolences to the family of uh, Bill Kenwright. Yeah. uh, your longtime owner who passed away. Not everybody was pleased with the way he ran the club, I think, and the decisions he made when he was in no, charge. So but sad. equally, um, I think it's most sad, people would yeah, say he loved the club. Yeah, um, on to this point, I can't say if this is fair or if this is unfair because I haven't read the report. Right? This is the, I mean, we, 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 we go out, we talk about this. Until they transparently go and publish the report, like they've done in the past. They but, will, you know, yeah, they will, surely. And surely they will, like with the Evra Suarez case, the um, the Ivan Tony case, they explain the reasoning, and then we can pass judgment. I can't pass judgment on this. What I will say is I don't think this, should, this is a bellwether in any way for the Manchester City case, because that case, I think, is very, very different. This isn't just a question of the City case, if proven, isn't a case of of reaching financial fair play. It's not just that. Yeah. It's a case of actual, but actual City fraud fans, and repeated. And- should that make them a bit more worried, though? Because if Everton... This is also part of what City could be accused and find guilty of. If I were really, really, really cynical and without knowing the extent how one case is worse than the other and the City case has yet to be adjudicated, let's remind everybody of that, I would actually say I don't think this punishment is that tough. Because when you look at who's at the bottom of the table, yeah. and I, I say this in the nicest possible way, like Sheffield United, Luton, it would be great if you stayed up. But the reality is Sheffield United have one point. I don't know how many Luton have. I'm sure it's not very many. Um, so even if you get, even if you're at negative now, you're going to pass those guys. Uh, I would expect everything yeah, to pass yeah. them. Um, and then and then it's a question it's of catching yeah. Nottingham Forest or, or whoever's near the bottom, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think this is... I don't think this is that severe a disastrous penalty. It does have an impact because now, obviously, your friends at the 777 group yeah. are trying to buy every football club in the world, uh, one per country. You know, now, and we don't even know if they're going to be approved as owners and there's questions about their financing. Now, obviously, they might go to Farhad Mashiri, who really is the owner of the club, by the of way. Course, it's nobody all his money. Nobody. Um, and they're going to say, oh, wait, maybe we should get a discount. I, I, I don't know. That, if you're an Everton fan... 
you know you're not out of the woods. You've yeah. got a long, long, right. long, long road to go, and it's a, it's, a, it's a tough time. It wasn't much of a shock, but IX boss Maurice Stein was sacked on Monday. Oh. Right? And his replacement was part of his coaching staff, Hedwiges Maduro, yeah. which is kind of toxic since Stein reportedly accused Maduro yeah. of stabbing him in the back. I know what I want. I want a documentary. I don't care who does it, if it's ESPN+, Plus, if it's somebody else, about this incredible let's say so July August September, five months whatever, make it six months or even the whole season at Ajax where I want to see all this drama and telenovela and all the, this catastrophic season disastrous season Moistein has to be the worst ever managerial stint in I mean a big club I don't mean like Fortuna Citadel whatever they call it or Nagbrina <laughs> but for the big clubs has to be one of the worst for everything on the pitch I mean they're second from bottom they've won one game back in August 12th and this is just mind-blowing what's happening at Ajax right now yeah, you also had a go at Steven Bergheis as well the funny thing with yeah, Maduro I mean, and by the way uh, our company's directly involved in this yes. is he also made accusations that because Maduro apparently used to uh, work at ESPN in Holland as yep. a pundit. He was somehow giving them information, leaks. Stein is a very angry man. He is, clearly. I'll say this. If you make those accusations, you got to be able to back them up. That is so uh, sure. You have to be prepared for it. Otherwise, you lose a lot of uh, credibility. All yeah, the, the whole credibility is gone. Uh, I feel for Ajax. I think. Yeah. I, it's, for the fans. They, they, they belong. They're, yeah, they're not yeah, my yeah, favorite for club sure. for many reasons. Yeah. But... They're such Definitely. a huge part of European football. Yeah, when I mean I felt for their fans, the good ones, obviously. So Tonali came on with 25 minutes to go for Newcastle against Dortmund on Wednesday. Gab, every indication is that it's the last time we see him until next season, a very long time. See him on the pitch anyway, yeah. because it's been confirmed uh, as we're recording this that he's going to receive a 10-month ban. Uh, he's going to become available again in August. He's also going to have to go and do various educational appearances, social work, explaining this. Um, I, I don't know exactly whether this is fair, whether this is not fair. Again, like the Ivan Tony case, yeah. you know, we've had a version of events of what came out. Um, the prosecutors clearly, you know, he collaborated from, from day one as he was caught. It is a much more complex story I think, than people initially realize um, in the sense that the way you kind of get got sucked into this, um, he was he was betting on on football and licensed websites. The thing about licensed websites is that when you go beyond a certain level, yeah, um, an amount, there's yeah. an automatic stop in Italy. Um, and he was invited to bet on other websites, which are unlicensed, and apparently... This is some of the people behind those websites were being investigated for money laundering and stuff like that. That's how his name Came was up. pulled into it. He certainly is camp denies um, the fact that, you know, Fajoli, some of the things that were attributed to Fajoli saying that Fajoli had gotten him involved. Um, you know, he says he's an addict. It's fine to help. But um, I go back to what Nadim said when he was sitting in your seat. Yeah. I get the part about being an addict, but if you're a professional footballer, you know the first time you bet, it's illegal. So this is different than say, oh, I'm an alcohol addict, I'm an alcoholic, help me. Because when you're an alcoholic, the very first drink you have, it's not illegal, provided you're yeah, yeah. above 
you know, uh, if you're of drinking age and uh, not in Saudi Arabia or something, right? So you're doing something legal and then you become an addict. Here, you're doing something where before you start, you know you're doing something yeah. legal. So I think that needs to be taken into account as yeah. well. Mamadou Sako has been suspended hey! by Montpellier. Jules, he's Paris born and bred. Of course. He's a Paris Saint-Germain guy. He is. I remember when he first got into the lineup at PSG, I remember Ancelotti raving about him. Yeah. Um, is it? Should we say what went wrong, Momo? Or? Well, he was he was our captain at 17 as well, by the way. Then went to Liverpool. Yeah. Where Warren who? Exactly. He had some good times at Liverpool, some not so good times. He's been at Montpellier now for a couple of years, not playing. They don't really count on him anymore. And there was an incident at training on Tuesday where he was not happy with a, a foul not given by the coach in a little match at the end, you know. So he stormed out and went back to the dressing room. And when the rest of the team followed, like at the end of training, five minutes later or ten minutes later, the coach said to him something like, you're a wimp or something like that, which Mauro Sacco took really personally. Grabbed the coach, made him fall on the floor, uh, broke his gold chain or something. Wait, he broke the coach's gold chain? Yeah, which apparently is a, a very precious to Michel Dazakayan, who is the Montpellier coach. It's a family thing or something. So Dazakayan was not happy. But Dazakayan is old. Sorry? Dazakayan is old, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, must be. Yeah. He's got to be like in his 60s. 60s. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he was like old when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's always looked kind of old anyway. So you're picking on somebody who is old enough to be your grandfather. And also who is your... Who's your co coach you know, well. di yeah. di Direct like, authority above you. So, yeah, they've suspended him. I think they will finish his contract for breaching, breach of contract. And it's quite like in the sense that uh, Mamadou is a good guy. He's, he's a bit... Um, Hot tempered at times because obviously a lot of people from Paris are, but for him to go that mad to make him fall like, you know, like he, he swept his leg and that made Desacayon fall right. on the floor and then grabbed him by the neck. That's where the the yeah, it's really ugly stuff. I'm like, wow, it's yeah, not a good I, time for Montpellier because the other day the game against um, Clermont was suspended, was ab abandoned because one of the fans threw a flare right by the Clermont goalkeeper. So a lot of things happening there right now. Serie A have signed a TV deal domestically, certainly. Liga is struggling with theirs. The Premier League's action is ending soon. Gab, what's going on in the world of TV rights? I think what's going on, and this is a broader issue, and we're not a business of sport uh, podcast, but we can be we can for be. the next 30 None seconds. Again. People are realizing that um, this idea that all the TV rights will keep growing and growing. No, they don't. Um, obviously, the last two Premier League TV deals uh, didn't go up. Yeah. Uh, someone was signed during, during COVID. They were flat. This one is expected probably to go up a little bit, uh, possibly. Um, but they're also having many more games, right? They're going to go from yeah. 200 to 250 to 270, something like that. Serie yeah. um, in the end, they got they did they had to do this weird revenue share where they figure they're going to get their the 900 million euros that they were expecting and so they can say oh pat themselves on the back i'm like great but that's roughly what you were getting 10 years ago yeah i think the whole model of pay television that exists in europe where we're <laughs> i know we're going out on a subscription channel but the the whole bundling with with cable you, you you pay for cable or satellite and then you pay a premium amount for um uh, to, to go and watch channel that shows games. I think that's not 
growing anymore yeah. anyway. It's going out the window. I think people are still interested in football. And I think, you know, in Serie A specifically, they blame piracy. Like, oh, as if there was no piracy. If there weren't people watching illegal streams, then, you know, we'd have $2 billion a year in revenue. Yeah, yeah I don't buy that. I don't think it's just illegal no. streams. I think it's viewership is changing. What they want to watch is changing. I think maybe you got a little bit too much too soon. The, the world economy is in, a bit of a, is in a bit of a pickle right now. All these things contribute. It's, it's far more complex, I think, than, 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 than they often make it out to be. Let's see what happens, what happens in France, though, because people are talking different models, right? Yeah, they want a ba- they want a billion, which I've always thought was far too ambitious. Uh, they changed it because they make they made you only have two um, how do you call it like two lot of rights basically right. instead of five or seven or whatever, and yeah, they they didn't have the response that they wanted for people bidding, so now they're gonna go grey by grey, so negotiating directly with each. TV channels, so Canal Plus and The right. Zone and Being Sport and, you know, whoever else, Amazon, whatever, and, and hope that they get as much as possible, but they would never get to a billion. You know, they always talk about this leagues. So like, aha, why don't we go and produce our own games and sell them directly, right? The technology is there. Yeah. You know, it's called DTC, direct to consumer. Um, and to be fair, sometimes I wonder. So like the NBA Pass, or for example. Yeah. Except, I mean, the NBA obviously also yeah. sells it to, but like, I... Leagues always threatened to do this. As to my knowledge, nobody's ever done it. Serie A did it uh, for some overseas rights in some territories uh, a few years back when they couldn't sell the rights. Yeah, the Premier League does it a little bit with, with Premier League production as well. Their own production is broadcasted, not in England, but in some part of the world who take their feed produced by the Premier League. But it's shown on other channels. Like, they get an upfront fee. I'm talking about yeah. basically just, just the games. Yeah, sorry. They yes. sell the games yeah, yeah. directly, right? Without some middle hands, yeah. I'd, I'd be really curious to see, like, you know, if anybody's encouraged to do this, could this be a model for the league? Maybe, yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The CIS uh, Football Observatory in Neuchatel, they're... It's a bunch of university guys who publish all these papers, some of which I think are a little silly, some of which actually think are really interesting. Yeah, I agree. But they published their list of who is the most club-trained players in the big five leagues. Now, club-trained players means that you've spent at least, it's the UEFA definition, I think it's at least three years at a club between the ages of 16 and 21. Yeah. Um, So your end of your formation, basically. Exactly. So obviously, somebody moves at 18, you might still be included. So take this with a pinch of salt. Um, but basically, it's a ranking of academies. You could look at it that way. Jules Real Madrid are top with 44. Barca second with 40. You surprised that Paris Saint-Germain ah, are only fifth with go. 28? I know, but they're one behind Valencia in fourth and three behind Lyon in, in, in third. Yes, so and 16 not. behind Real Madrid. I know, but... Hola, Madrid! Yeah, but Hola, you know, Madrid! But you know one of the problems, because we've discussed it many times, I wrote about it for the ESPN website many times as well, is that... In a way, the academy in Paris, or certainly the, the pool of young players in Paris is too strong. <laughs> so when they get to 16, they prefer leaving, which is, you know, 
We can look and at. There are two other professional clubs in the top two divisions in Paris, right? Yeah, That's as well. I see Paris. But they also prefer going to Germany when they're 17 or to right. come to England. Kingsley Coman, for example, is one example. You've got many, many more of players who said, hang on, I'm not really sure of my path here in Paris. Because of the way the club is run, I would rather go somewhere else. Right. So maybe, that's, maybe that could be one of the reasons. But again, it's not too bad. I'm more surprised by the fact that there's no Porto or Benfica, for example. You, on, on, on our paper here, you went down to... Yeah, I think that's... I, the top yeah, 20 like the top maybe 20, yeah, yeah they list the top 40 they would have been further down yeah but still um, no Porto and Benfica well you know how good their academies are when you think about all the well a lot of those guys are probably still at Porto and Benfica yeah, which we need to consider as well um, I was surprised by alright for, for those who care about this stuff uh, the number one English team is Manchester United with yeah. 26 which surprised me could be that they're all bad I don't yeah, know yeah. Chelsea's Chelsea, far behind yeah Chelsea behind. Chelsea's on 23 Arsenal on 22 uh, City on 20 uh, Liverpool on the pub side only 12 yeah. Tottenham don't show up in the ranking which suggests that they have fewer than 12 yeah. um, not great Top club in uh, Germany, Hoffenheim with 24. Top club in uh, Italy, uh, I'm assuming it's going to be Atalanta, as yeah. Atalanta with 20. Yeah. How about that? I know. Victor Ozyman went on Mario Balotelli's live stream and said that all things being equal, if he had to leave Europe, he would pick MLS over Saudi Arabia. Are you surprised, Gab? Well, first of all, I'm surprised Mario Balotelli has a live stream on Twitch. I'm going to need to uh, oh, want to yeah. sign up to that. Uh, like the Bobovieri and, you know, all the... Uh, yeah, but it's Super Mario. Yeah, yeah. I true, expect true, it to be more true, fun. True. Actually, with Balotelli, knowing Balotelli a tiny bit, I think it would either be a I mean, ton yeah, of yeah, fun yeah, in that or it would just be incredibly boring because yeah, he wouldn't yeah, be into yeah. it. Um, no, I, well, like, the key thing is all things being equal. So if they gave you the same money in Saudi that they gave you in MLS... And I say this with the greatest of respect to Riyadh and Jeddah. Would you rather live in L.A. and further your career in the world's biggest economy, 350 million people, blah, 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 celebrity bling, so on? Yeah. Or would you rather do it in Saudi, you know, 40 million people plus the rest of the other? I mean, I, I can understand why Osiman would say this. So I am yeah. not surprised. No, no, definitely. The thing is, things generally aren't equal. MLS generally pays Less than the superstars, which is why Benzema and Cristiano aren't in MLS right now. Yeah. My man, Socrates Papastatopoulos is back. He was a free agent. Wow. Now he has signed for Betis. Is this really in the quick hits today? Yes, Jules. Does he, he was linked with Bayern last week. Now we've linked him to... No, no he's signed for Betis. Does he move the needle for Betis? Move the needle for... Like, what, what for? He's experienced. He's fast. He was good as... Olympia I think there's also Sergio Ramos and Sevilla and say, is there a club legend we could bring back here? Well, let's bring Socrates. I mean, I am looking on. forward to Socrates Sergio oh Ramos God. battles on oh. set pieces. Right. Let's be serious again. Belgium, Germany, and the Netherlands have submitted a joint bid for the 2027 Women's World Cup. Gab, what's the bidding landscape looking like? And how is it possible that the Men's World Cup in 2030 is pretty much decided already, as we know? But we still don't know about the women's one in 27, 2027. Yeah, especially when FIFA said, oh, but it's important that, you know, we have a, a pathway 2030, 2034 as well, because it takes so much time to plan and everything. Yeah, okay. yeah but, but not plan the Women's World Cup. I mean, whatever you think of it, it's still 32 teams. They still have to play in stadiums, still need hotels. So yeah. presumably this requires some planning um, as well. Um, I think what they're not saying is they wanted to see how 
He worked out in Australia and New Zealand. Okay. Got all the money back and saying like, okay, how many resources can we put into this to win the bid um, and to make it work for our countries? I, I genuinely think that this was their thinking. I don't think yeah. they fe felt they had enough data, up-to-date data about how big the women's game is and therefore how much money to put in. And just think that, I mean, I'll give them a pass if that was the case. When would it be decided? Do, do we know when... It's FIFA. The so FIFA Council get on the phone, talk to each other, work out a deal. The other potential countries are what? Brazil, Brazil South Africa? South Africa, a USA-Mexico bid. Um, it's interesting. For me, you know, the, the, the Men's World Cup has reached a stage where FIFA want to cash in on the money. So that means you can really only stage it, as we said, in Asia, yeah. Europe, and North America. Women's World Cup, I think it'd be good to have a sort of a bit of a, more of a proselytizing effect yeah um so obviously i think that would be the case in brazil who have a strong women's national team because it's a big football mad country but where it's certainly not as ingrained women's yeah. football as as it should be uh, south africa you know they hosted a men's world cup obviously in 2010 i think there would still be challenges um uh, if you had it there usa and mexico I think it would be a slam dunk in terms of making a ton of money. The only thing is, USA and Mexico are getting the 2026 Men's World yeah, Cup, many, 2025 many? Uh, uh, Club World Cup. I don't think they need this one, too. No, definitely not. So, but hey, and Belgium, Germany, and on, you know, they do a good job. It's here in our yeah, doorstep. Why yeah, not? I'd go. Sadio Mane has acquired a fourth division club in France, Jules. What does this mean? What do you mean? What is that? Well, why is he buying a fourth division? Well, it's a good question. So he bought Bourges, uh, Bourges FC, or Bourges Foot, another Cla like a Clermont Foot, Bourges Foot 18, which is Bourges is a lovely little town. Is it near Metz? No, not at all. It's in central France. Like it says, you see Paris, it's three hours south, basically. But he used to live in Metz. I, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't why, understand why, this, right? Yeah. The, the, the man is not I French. will explain to you why he chose yeah, I'm Bourges. really curious. I really want to know. Because the, the Bourges current president... Uh, is Czech Sila, who's Senegalese, like Sadio, they know each other, they've been really good friends for the last three years, and I think it's Czech Sila who said to Sadio, hey, do you want to invest in football, which apparently Sadio Mane wanted to do for a long time. We're just looking at the right opportunity to do so. And Czech Sila said, hey, why don't we do this together? You can buy the club, be the owner, I still be the president, we run this together. They're playing the fourth division, they're currently second from bottom, so it's not going well already back in the summer. Mane put, gave them some money to buy some players, and so he had already an investment in. Um, so let's see. I like the fact that he's already thinking. He's 31. He's thinking about, okay, after, what am I going to do? Bourges have, has a lovely cathedral. It's a, it's, <laughs> <laughs> okay, the man from the Bourges Chamber of Tourism. I, I'm just uh, saying, I don't know. Like, you know what would be much cooler what? is if he comes back and he becomes a player owner. Next season, he'll only be 32 years old. I'm sure he can... Yeah, can, okay. Borges can probably get promoted. Maybe not next year. Maybe, you know, in two or three years, maybe. All right. Why didn't he buy Mets? Because it's not for sale to start with. Well, they're, they're it's more expensive. Well. They're not doing well. He's got a connection to it. They're not bad. He's making all this money in Saudi. How much, how much, how much, do you, how much money do you think he has to buy a club? Like, do you think fair, point. fair point. Fair point. Oh, right. Not that Mets would cost that much, but... Um, but yeah, no, I thought that was interesting. I, I like it. You know, I like. Yeah, it's cool. Mikel Camps, a Barcelona director that I'd never heard of before, and I hope I never hear about again, has apologized and deleted his tweet about Vinicius. What did he say, Gab? I quote directly from uh, Mikel Camps. Now I quote from the Catalan because the man tweets in Catalan. Oh, right, okay. It's not racism. He deserves a slap for being a clown. 
What do these unnecessary and meaningless stepovers represent in the center of the field? Okay. Thank you, Mikel. Okay, now, Mikel, let me make this very, very clear. So, first of all, the minute you say it's not racism, yeah. um, you're implying, you're tying it to the racism, racist abuse that this guy has suffered, okay? So, just don't say it. So, if you just want to say that, whoa, what's the point of this meaningless stepovers? If you want to say he deserves a slap for being a clown... I, to be honest, like... That's still borderline, anyway. Hey, whatever, but, you know, you are... I don't know why you're tweeting about another team. Why don't you worry about Barcelona? You know, yeah. why, why don't you tweet about La Porta, yeah. right? Um, and, uh, yeah, or Bartomeu. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but the main point is, you have an institutional position. You are a Barcelona director. There's a classico in three days. It's really? crazy. This is your judgment of what to do? I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm frankly appalled. I, I don't know, I don't believe this guy's necessarily racist, or whether the tweet is racist or not, leave it to others to decide. But I am appalled that somebody would be so freaking tone deaf. I mean, if I'm a porta, I would say, oh yeah, Mikel, on your bike, out of here. Yeah. Like, you, I don't know what you contribute to the club. If you're just a guy on a board, that's fine. But no, you can, you can still be a Barcelona fan. Not but but you, you cannot behave like this if you're a director of a football club at Barcelona couple days before the classical and in this context simple as after 17 years sorry Seven, i can't help but laugh 17, 17. years juventus have finally dropped their lawsuit against italian fa for the punishment they received following the calciopoli scandal back in 2006 yeah jules they wanted to get the 2005 and 6 title back and they were asking for you ready? Four hundred and forty-three million wow. seven hundred twenty-five thousand two hundred euros in damages. Yeah. They couldn't have rounded it. No, no. No, and I know. Obviously, we all do uh, know what you feel, how you feel about lawyers. But still, how can you? How do you convince the UV like hierarchy and everybody say like, yeah, it's a good idea. Let's let's keep fighting. We're gonna get those. 443 millions back. Don't worry, we're going to get that title back. I mean, come on, read the rumor somewhere, just let it go. Yeah, I look, obviously this was started under, under Andrea Agnelli. Yeah. Um, the people in charge have changed. I think they realized it was silly. Well, they, Completely they, silly. They, they made an argument based on the fact that later there, there, there were some, um, there were wiretaps that, that emerged that suggested that Jacinto Facchetti, interlegend and, and a vice president, had made phone calls that they said were comparable. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. But it's been 17 years. I know. You're not going to get 443 million. <laughs> Just leave it. <laughs> Jose Mourinho has been banned for one game following his sending off against Monza at the weekend. Gab, we discussed that on Monday, and he will miss the Roma game. The inter game. The inter game, but... sorry, for Roma. And he's obviously meeting up with his old club, old team. And Roma have also been fine, by the way. Because the ball boys were found to have been intentionally slow in returning the ball. I, I mean, this is so this is so amazing. I think during the game, Jules he said what he said. He'd rather win titles instead. He let all get that get to his head. He'd rather paint the world yellow and red. Ah, lovely man. He's a devil. He's a bad little witch. He's the he's a rebel. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Doja Cat. I'm yeah, only, I'm only just discovering the the everybody the beauty would of Doja have recognized Cat. it. No, look, I. It's Jose. Um, you know he. You're not going to argue. Look, most important thing, fans in Rome still love him. Tell that, me something that's what matters because this seems to happen a lot in Italy and not really, not really wise. Who who tells the ball boys and when? 
don't give the ball back. I remember Michel Platini saying that when he was playing for Juventus, they used to go to Napoli and the ball was going out. The ball boys there were doing keepy uppies while you were waiting for the ball because they were so slow to give it back to you. Who, like, who tells them? It's marginal gains. You got to get I know, but like, I, I, I mean, look, I, I remember... You tell seven-year-old kids or five-year-old kids, don't give the ball back to any Monza players. Because you know, I've, I've written Paolo, I wrote Paolo Di Canio's book. He told me that he got in massive trouble once because uh, Lazio were ahead. He was a ball boy for Lazio. Lazio were ahead in the game. And he, he said, he, he's, he said I, I purposely waited and slowed it down, but still, they said, gave the ball back too quickly. <laughs> so, go figure it out, man. Marginal ah, amazing, gains. Amazing, amazing. Marginal gains. Yeah. So, Dave Bra- Brailsford would approve. Exactly. All right, Jules, that brings us to an end. But we got to come back on Monday oh. because it is uh, one of the biggest weekends of the week. Yeah. It's the Classico. It's the Manchester Derby. It's, uh, well, Roma Inter. Roma Inter. How about that? Until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself.